0: This podcast is produced by energeticcity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join to find out more.
1: An increase in U.S. soybean acres from the previous report, with average estimates coming in at around 89 million acres, that compares with 87.6 million predicted in March. Improving midwestern weather conditions also weighed on prices. Corn it's down as well with the generally favorable growing conditions and expectations for increased acres in next week's report. The uh, September contract down 11 cents at 5.38 per bushel. Trade guesses peg U.S. corn area at about 93.8 million acres. That would be up by over two and a half million from the earlier forecast, as high prices and good seeding weather had farmers planting as much corn as they could wheat meanwhile is mixed minneapolis spring wheat still holding on to gains while the winter wheat's all lower minneapolis up a penny in september at 806 per bushel kansas city down three cents in september at six eleven, and chicago wheat it's down nine cents in september at 642 per bushel Persistent drought conditions in the spring wheat regions supported that market, while the advancing winter wheat harvest weighed on Chicago and Kansas City prices. However, rain delays in uh, some parts of the U.S. plains were a bit supportive. That's a look at the ice futures and U.S. markets for Friday, June 25th. In Winnipeg, for Markets Farm, I'm Phil Franz-Warkenton
0: is here and so are the savings during new Holland's spring drive sales event going on now at butler farm equipment in fort st john it's a great time to get the new holland equipment you need for a new season and work more productively than ever limited time zero percent financing and cashback offers are available now on select new holland tractors and hay and forage equipment stop by butler farm equipment in fort st john today because just like spring spring drive savings won't last long The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Welcome
2: to the show. Well, today, we're going to hear from both sides of a very public conflict between the City of Fort St. John and the North Peace Cultural Society on the City's announcement last week that they will be taking over management of the Cultural Centre. We'll be joined a little later on to hear their side of the story from the North Peace Cultural Society Chair, Connie Sereris. But first, to give the City's perspective on the issue, we're joined now by Councillor Trevor Boland. Mr. Bolin, welcome back to Moose Talks. Thank you for joining us.
3: Thanks, Doug, for having me.
2: You're very welcome. Well, why don't we start first with a brief kind of uh, uh, overlook of how council came to the decision to take over management of the North Peace Cultural Center. How long did this process last? What kind of debate was there among the councillors?
3: You know what, Deb, there was a lot of debate, and I think that part of what's always missing from the story is, is of course, the back history and, and, you know, what what took us to this um, step. And part of that, you know, 10 or 11 years ago, um, the Arts and Cultural Society had come to the city of fort st John and and given a presentation which which was lengthy and it was it was a 200 and some page report and and part of the concerns at that time was that you know the, the city's always perceived as, as doing so much for sports and you know we've got divisions for sports we've got divisions for parks and you know the, the the concern that was then raised and and still is to this day is the the concern that we don't have anything for arts and culture we don't have any sort of a, a, a management department or even a its own physical department or or a budget line that that goes to those items. So as council over the last few years has, you know, um, done the stage in Centennial Park, redone Centennial Park as, as, you know, as much of an arts and culture performance area, Um, the Festival Plaza, which of course now hosts, um, every every weekend of the farmers market and in that um, arts and culture scene as well, um, you know it was really something that we looked as to how we could grow this and and how could the city of Fort Saint John create a department and a management team which was just I think released yesterday on the on the city's Facebook page that they're you know we're currently hiring an arts and culture management um, component as well as an entire division um, and and having a budget that goes towards ensuring that arts and culture is. Um, widely utilized and and spread throughout the community Alright
2: One of the things, and we're going to talk about a lot of them, but one of the things that kind of came up as part of this was the 12 month notice of termination uh, that the uh, Cultural Society says was part of the agreement, at least the former one, because you guys were still sort of talking about a new one anyway Um, Why wasn't that 12 month notice given, uh, at least to the satisfaction of the Cultural
3: Society? From I mean, from the discussions that we had at the at the council level, I mean that that twelve months was certainly in um, the prior management agreement, um, and, and you know it, it's it's very similar to um, if you're on a, a one year lease as a residential tenant, you know to to put it in a perspective that that some people want, you know understand and grasp when you're in that one year lease. And that lease, two year or whatever, but that lease comes to an end, it switches to a month to month agreement. So, you know, part of that month to month agreement then becomes a a 30 or 60 day notice when you're, you know, when you're looking at as as far as being a a renter or commercial tenant. Um, So with that existing management agreement expiring in 2020, um, that one year notice clause was part of that agreement. um, And therefore that agreement had ended and we're on a, um, if you will, month to month arrangement um, for the facility. All
2: right. Uh, Milo McDonald and Mayor Ackerman also both wrote and released letters earlier this week. There's been many since then, but anyway, these ones detailed the case the city has against the North Peace Cultural Center. Why weren't these damning indictments made public right away when you could have included it in, for example, the original press release that said you were taking over the management, which honestly just said that that's what was going to happen and that you were sorry about the kind of situation and all that but gave really no proof until later when it sounded or it seemed like the public there was a bit of a public outcry over the mystery of why this was happening
3: that's a great question dub and you know i mean all of us are very glad when when the public gets involved in anything that we do i mean we 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 as city council um you know our our job is to listen to people and and make decisions based on that and you know i think it was just as as the notice was given um and and that was released i don't think the intention was ever to you know release more um as you mentioned with those with those last press releases, it was it was letting the cultural society know that this was the intentions of the city going forward, and and then I think as as questions arose from both the society and from public, because I mean we've we've got emails and and you know comments on both sides of the spectrum, it was about providing more additional information because more people were asking, and I mean going forward, something you're going to see coming in the next week is um, Cameron Egge, for an example, is going to be reaching out to um, all the existing previous and and future users of the facility. To to work with them to understand what their needs are going to be going forward from there as well so you know and and that comes from um, some of the comments we've heard from the user group saying what about us what happens now and and we understand that that there's going to be concern we understand that there's going to be questions and and, you know we're trying our best to ensure that those questions get answered uh, with facts and, and that's where that's rolling out from.
2: I want to talk about the library's rent for a moment because the city said it was too high. That uh, It seems like you were surprised by how high the rent was. But, of course, the Cultural Society says it's kind of what's needed to cover costs. And actually, when they break it down, it's not actually that high. I have to ask how the city came to the conclusion that it was too high. What what were you comparing it to?
3: Well, you know, I think when, when staff and, and management were comparing the the actual fees that are paid, as far as the lease. I mean, we compare it to other buildings in the downtown as well. So, you know, it's it's very easy to look at at what lease rates are um, in in all its different aspects, right? I mean, what what leases in the downtown area is certainly going to be lower than a new building or or lower than something on the highway, right? So, you know, I think at at that point in time, it was it was taking all of the information that we could gather on lease rates and and whatnot uh, throughout that six or eight block corridor, um, using very similar. Um, you know, similar buildings, similar um, equipment that's supplied, um, whether it's triple net or not triple net, and and that's where those numbers came from. So, and again, it's one of those, you know, one of those questions that I think councils always put forward. I can remember years and years ago, you know the the library coming to us for grants and aids the society coming to us for grants and aids you know arts culture um lots of different groups come to the city for for grants and aids and part of the the job that city council has at that time um you know is 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 trying to understand how those operations work in order to be able to give either that um you know grant in lieu of or or, um you know or even permissive tax exemptions and and ensuring that you know the the permissive tax exemption of the grants and aids original intent to those was to to take new not for profit companies and and ensure that they're 3 to 5 years um, startup was going to be viable and they were going to be sustainable and and you know somewhere from that point uh, we seem to have gotten away from that we seem to have have lost what the original intentions of permissive tax exemption and grants and aids were which was to set them up for success in the future without providing that funding forever and and you know when when the the library comes to us and the, the society comes to us and arts and cultures come to us and we start to look at at these numbers of of into the millions of dollars um, you know that 's part of why we 're switching to more of a community based foundation going forward, but that 's also why we 're looking at you know at how how can we enhance what we as the city of fort st john do um, for arts and culture and it all comes back to the question that we were asked 11 years ago is is why is there not a department set up for arts and culture why does the city and, and council not feel that arts and culture is as important as as parks and as important as sports whether that be you know soccer or baseball or or you know hockey some of the other facilities that we have so we're trying to bring all of this together at one time where we can ensure that. All of our user groups uh, throughout the city are going to be covered. We can ensure that, that that benefit is shared with everyone.
2: I mean, I have to say the timing is really interesting, uh, especially, or at least it seems interesting, because, of course, we've just come off of a pandemic year uh, when largely the Northeast Cultural Center um wasn't able to operate, certainly at its full capacity. There were lots of confusing, at times, uh, rules about what could go on, and when, and with who, and with how many people, and how do we do this, and and grants being offered that were maybe applied, and this and that. Um, It was an interesting time, so I have to ask, given that uh, it seems like Again, with all the damning indictments that have come out uh, that the city claims against the cultural society, uh, why, why did it take so long to do something and, and, and why pick right after or as we come out of a pandemic year to make this move now?
3: And that's a fair question. I think that's a question that, that a lot of people are, are wondering, Dub. And I, and I think even the society and ourselves have, have probably looked at the same thing. And I mean, honestly, the, the timing was nothing more than the contract expiring in November. Um, discussions happening from that point in time that, that didn't um, solidify a, a new agreement or a, a new management agreement between the City of Fort St. John and the Cultural Society for the Centre. Um, yeah, and I mean, COVID, we all know. I mean, we're literally just now able to have people back in, uh, in our council chambers for our public meetings and you know it, it really wasn't about the timing um outside of just the fact that the agreement had expired in november um there was there was discussions and meetings that at that point in time that like i said didn't didn't end up getting anywhere didn't end up getting signed um we started to look at um the the popularity towards um, bringing everything sort of together as an arts and culture with um, the stage, the Festival Plaza, the New Centennial, and some of the other projects that we're working on, and, and honestly, it just, it, it came together as a fit at that point in time for for a manager of arts and culture, a department of arts and culture, arts and culture a budget, um, you know, line item for arts and culture, and and you know, we're looking as, as a city, you know, we've, we've had great success with our grants, um, you know, whether it be provincially, federally, um, NDIT, lots of different, different funds that we've been able to garner. And, and, you know, you look at the cultural center and and the cultural center itself um, is certainly due for uh, quite a, a large renovation. Um, you know, we're we're redoing 100th Street. We're in phase two A right now. Um, as we creep up to the cultural center, um, you know, something that that we've looked at as well is is some of the the large capital expenses that are going to be required on on that facility and, and, and on the building. You know, that that building looks the day it did um, looks like the day it did when when it was built, and you know, you need to be able to to have those funds, and it's you know, it's something that. The city's very proud of that facility. I mean, it was not easy to get it constructed and, and you know, or even for, for it to be maintained for this amount of years without large, large capital being spent on it. So the timing of it is, is I think, honestly, just the timing of everything that's going on right now um, as far as us moving forward.
2: All right. Uh, I mean, as I mentioned in the conflict, the or in the introduction, I should say, the conflict is quite public is there any plan, has there been any talk about the city sitting down with the society now, clearing the air, talking about what everything is, because there are accusations going back and forth about who said what and when and what was in the agreement, and uh, it's honestly been very hard to follow. Is there a plan to sit down and clear the air with the society at this time?
3: You know, Dub, I think it's—I think it's been hard on the society. I think it's been hard on on council and staff, and I think it's been hard on the users. And you know, in and, and some of the correspondence that we have received from the society, was you know the request for us to uh, to sit down. Um, We certainly would look forward to the society um, coming to council, um, you know, especially now that we can have our open meetings again and and public can attend and and, um, they can actually, you know, delegate or come as a delegation to us. And and at no point in time was was the intent, I feel, that, you know, to ever throw mud or ever make it this, this great big um, you know the the kind of messy story that it's that's come into that that we see in the you know in the media or on on the front pages of, of what's going on right now and um i i think i think I speak for all of council uh, when I would say that you know we always love to have um, delegations and meetings with Um, societies with user groups and that's you know part of of cameron going out next week to touch base with users um both you know current past present future um you know and and ensure that this conversation continues to roll so yes yes i mean we we would certainly like to ensure that there's more communication around the operation around the future of of the center
2: all right we'll have to leave it there councillor bull and i thank you for coming on the show today to talk to us about this
3: have a great weekend and try to stay cool in this uh heat wave.
2: Absolutely good advice. That's Councillor Trevor Boland with the City of Fort St. John. We'll be right back to talk with the North Peace Cultural Society Chair Connie Sereris on her point of view on all this, right after this on Moose Talks. Listen to over
0: 500 radio stations from anywhere in Canada with Radio Player Canada, the must-have app that's as Canadian as you are. Smart, lovable, easygoing, fits in anywhere. From early morning hockey practices to late night after parties, enjoy every type of radio station anywhere, anytime. Listen through your phone, Sonos, Google Chromecast, Google Home, Amazon Echo, Apple CarPlay, and Android Auto. Download the Radio Player Canada app today. It's where Canadian radio Radio plays and play at Farmington Fairways. With over 60 sites in their beautiful tree-lined RV park and campground, Farmington Fairways offers awesome stay-and-play packages, including green fees or unlimited golf on their family and beginner-friendly course. Plus, join them for nine and dine Fridays from 3 until 7 at their full-service restaurant. Farmington Fairways, 10 miles north of Dawson Creek on the world-famous Alaska Highway. Group camping also available. Find them on Facebook or visit FarmingtonFairways.com. Oh,
2: I can't believe it's been a year with my new family. Thanks to Friendly Pets, I have the best comfy bed and toys ever. Who would have thought there would be a pet park in the neighborhood? I must be dreaming. Life is great. Your pets are family too, and they deserve the best. Friendly Pets feels the same way, and that's why they carry a wide selection of toys, clothes, food, treats, and carrying bags for any sized pet. Friendly Pets, right beside the Culture Center. Check them out on Facebook or friendlypets.ca. The vehicle has worked really hard for you. From helping you take the kids to school to you showing it off to your friends. It definitely deserves a break with Moose FM's Sturdiest Vehicle, fueled by Murray GM. Enter now at moosefm.ca and you could win a free detailing package from Murray GM in Fort St. John. We will pick a new winner at the end of each month. Moose FM's Sturdiest Vehicle is fueled by Murray GM.
3: A gift in your will or estate to the Fort St. John Hospital Foundation allows you to support the purchase of medical equipment for the Fort St. John Hospital and Peace Villa. Talk to your financial advisor or speak to Nikki Hedges at the Fort St. John Hospital Foundation about leaving a lasting legacy by including the foundation in your will so that your loved ones will always receive the best health care in our community long into the future. Visit their website for full contact details. Fsjhospitalfoundation.ca. If
2: you feel like you're drowning in debt, just know you aren't alone. The Licensed Insolvency Trustees at Beverly & Associates have helped over 10,000 people in northern BC put debt behind them for good. They proudly live in the north and have been helping the area for over 25 years. Consultations are always free, whether it's over the phone or in person. A fresh financial start is closer than you think. Visit DebtHelpBC.com for more information.
0: We are Beverly & Associates, and we can help. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at EnergeticCity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Now
2: to hear the society's side of the story. We're joined now by North Peace, uh, North Peace Cultural Society Chair Connie Sereris. Connie, thank you very much for being on Moose Talks today talk to us about this
4: Good morning, Dub. Thank you for inviting
2: me to these talks this morning. You're very welcome. Uh, Let's get into it. Um, I think uh, I'm going to use the word blindsided might be the right characterization of sort of how you and the society reacted when uh, the city announced suddenly uh, just about two weeks ago now that uh, they were going to take over management of the North Peace Cultural Center. And uh, I think... It's been characterized as them sort of acting in bad faith by making this decision behind closed doors without, uh, you said, without really consulting you or saying why they were going to do it until the letters came out uh, earlier this week uh, from the mayor and uh, Milo McDonald, CAO. Um, yeah how aware were you at all that there was maybe anything up with the city other than uh that you know you still didn't have agreement an agreement a new agreement in place uh considering the last one kind of ran out on November of 2020
4: yeah i just want to back up um, just to first talk about the november agreement sure um uh, Char- councilor boland had just said that um, the, the around the timing of the issue was because the November 20th uh, agreement had run out and that we were in new negotiations, which was true. I mean, they actually presented to us in December um, a new agreement, a new draft management services agreement for five year term. Mm-hmm. Um, but prior to that, actually, they did not follow the processes. They should have had started um, negotiations on the new agreement prior to the agreement running out. So they should have started this, this time last year is when it should have started. Um, And we didn't, you know, I had had a brief discussion with um, the former uh, director of community services um, back in, I think it was August, September, and she wanted to talk, you know, kind of talk a bit more about cultural services and she wanted to form a committee, and then she was let go, and um, the next, there was no further communications until actually after the agreement ran out, and then we were presented with this draft agreement. I started working with the now current uh, Director of Community Services in January, um, through January and February, through emails and um, phone calls, just going through the agreement, And it was similar to our current cultural services agreement. Uh, they, the explanation was they just wanted to s- combine the lease agreement with the cultural services agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had been sort of working through that when um, we were just going to do a sort of a final walkthrough meeting to sort of go over the terms and conditions before I would take it back to our board for a sort of final approval. When um, she uh, sent me an email asking, telling me that um, the mayor and the CAO wanted to join our meeting, so I asked um, uh, Margaret May, who's uh, uh, also on our board and is and has been on the board with me that we've been on the board for the same length of time since end of 2014, mm-hmm. um, and we've under our cultural we've always been attending these sort of by twice yearly meetings with um senior management from the city like the city manager prior to it was diane hunter that we would meet with and um so then the this they came into our meeting and then they started talking about how they felt we shouldn't be in the sort of building management business that we're you know we should focus on programming that you know it's just detracting and that it makes more sense for the um the city to take over the operations of the cultural center. We were a bit confused, you know, and then they said, well, the library is having, you know, financial difficulties and, you know, we're trying to help the You know, we think this will work better because then we can have two separate agreements, one with the library and then one with the cultural set society. So we were more confused. We didn't understand, well, how is this going to work? You know, what are we going to be doing? And, um, you know, okay, yeah, the library has issues. Yeah, absolutely. They've been underfunded. Um, so certainly we want to help the, the library. So we were trying to understand how is all this going to happen you know, and, and, I, and they were saying, well, we'll take over the operations of the centre. Okay. And then I said, well, how is the rent? You know, like, oh, so we'll be still doing room rentals and theatre rentals, right? Oh, no, we'll take over that. And I said, I remember asking, well, then are you going to be hiring a theatre tech for to do the theater shows well they kind of went oh well I'm sure you know could probably just contract that out no (laughs) no you know it's a little bit more than just flicking on some lights you know this more technical so we came out of that meeting not sure what exactly they were asking for us because on the one hand they were going as far as you know as minimally saying you know what maybe you guys can be more of a consulting board that can can consult on, you know, what sort of events can take place at the, the new community stage or the festival plaza. You know, you could we could ask, you know, for your input on that to almost saying we'd be running the centre the way we are right now and various things in between. And so we came out of that meeting not really knowing what was going on. And so then we, um, and lots of questions and the, director of community services said, yeah, well, we'll be in touch with you to, you know, work out the kind of um, sort of, oper- you know, the operations and how that works. And one of the other things that was brought up, the CEO kept asking us, well, how quickly can you transition? I'm thinking, transition? You know, what do you mean transition? We don't even know what you're asking us to do. Transition from what? And so they, there was nothing presented there. There was no plan. There was no sort of indication, you know, if they had wanted to depart from the uh, a net agreement that we were had just working on, and wanted to do something different, then why didn't they present it? Why didn't they lay out a whole new agreement that, with dollar amounts attached, that we could then say, you know, and responsibilities and terms and conditions like you normally have in an agreement, and say you know, okay, this is what we're interested in presenting to you and proposing to you. And then we could review it. We could cost it out and see, you know, what makes sense for us, what works for us. I mean, we have responsibilities to our staff. And so then we met with the, after that, then we met with the CAO on three separate occasions. And it became clear definitely by the third meeting after um, I had suggested to the CAO that if the the, the least disruptive process would be, um, and to help the library because of their shortfalls, um, uh, that if the city took over, you know, what we pay to BC Hydro and to Pacific Northern Gas Mm -hmm. and to Wall city water and sewer and the garbage collection and the telephone and the cable, if they paid even just those utilities, they took that over, that would cover off, we could cover, then be fine without not having that rent revenue. You know, we could manage. And, and then also if they took over, you know, doing the maintenance on the library side, if they looked after that and their own staff looked after that, and we would manage the rest of the centre, that could work. And he initially seemed kind of, mm, yeah, impossible um, And then by the next meeting it was, no, the city's not interested in doing that. So that's when we've sort of pretty much figured out, okay, you've n- not been interested in doing any of this you right from the start. You know, you've you want us out. That's that's coming across. I mean, without actually you know saying it, but your actions are speaking much louder than your words right now, and you want us out. There's been there was we were just going around in circles. And what also became clear and what was very concerning to us and is still very concerning and is troubling, is their complete lack of understanding of what the cultural center does. You know, they kept saying, well, the, the CEO said, well, where are the pottery classes? Where mm-hmm. are the spinning and weaving classes? Well, they don't take place at the North Peace Cultural Center. We, and we had to say it over and over again, we are a presentation space. We present the finished work. You know, we're not the creators. We're not the ones that create the content and that. We present and we support artists in their role of... When they want to present a show or anything like that. We work with artists and we've adapted, especially during COVID with our staff, you know, found grants so that we could buy updated equipment so that we could do the live streaming, you know. So it's a sort of a it, it, you know, and that's where I think why so many people are kind of confused. What on earth are you going on about? And so that was confusing because they didn't seem to understand what we did. Mm-hmm. You know, and and this sort of notion that we, you know, we don't have anything on our website. And we kept saying, um, well, it's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to post, book a show that may or may not take place and then have people buy tickets to show that we're just going to have to turn around and refund, which we've already done with... Everything from Rex Murphy to, you know, the uh, dancers, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and their dance recitals,
2: Last fall, um, so I'm sorry, Connie. I'm just going to interrupt you. Uh, I just want to quickly get to a few of uh, specific kind of claims sure. the city has made about you and ask you to respond to them. Uh, and you've already kind of talked about a few of them. Um, the documents thing. The city said they'd asked you for documents, um, you know, backing up this, yeah. that, and the other thing. I yeah. Mean, you you spoke about it. It was confusing as to what they wanted. Is that
4: why the documents no, weren't getting no, to them? No. The, okay. Under the cultural services agreement. We, part of it was there's quarterly meetings between management, uh, the man, our management, and their management, and we had to produce financial reports, financial reports and KPIs, key performance indicators, which was around room usage, how many grants we applied for, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So those have been going on quarterly. And then he asked for, the CAO asked for more information, which I was gathering. And, you know, and I was putting together because a lot of it was financial stuff and, and we were trying to gather it all together. And, yes, I was delayed in getting it to him. But the thing is, he has access to all this information. It wasn't that this was new information. This is information that we've been providing quarterly since, you know, the beginning of 2016. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I failed to understand why suddenly that was an issue. And, and the thing around the list... Um, you know, he wanted a list of, uh, you know, I, I, of our user groups because I said, well, you should actually, you know, talk to our user groups because mm-hmm. he was bringing forward, well, you you cost too much money. And we said, well, you know, um, like for, you know, some of the groups saying, oh, well, you cost too much money. Well, what do you mean by that? You know, and I mean, yeah, we're not we're not the right s- space for every group because most space, most groups need what they actually need is studio space. And that is in short demand in this community mm-hmm. affordable studio space for um, many of the groups so uh, we were putting together list, and yeah I also and all of um, our operations manager he was getting the list but before he was going to send it he wanted to contact all the all the people on the user groups just to get their permission that was all right to share their contact information and then we were also going to send a letter it was going to come from the board saying you know which was going to come from me, um, just explaining what was going on, you know, because we're already getting the feeling that this was – they were putting a negative spin on it. So depending on how they ask the question, you know, they could spin it to make it look like we're, you know, Mm -hmm. doing a a terrible job, which again goes against, well, why – if we're doing such a terrible job, then why didn't you, um, you know, why did you give us a five-year agreement Mm -hmm. if you didn't want us to do it, you know? I mean, they haven't, this is a process that they haven't followed. And actually, um, I'm sorry, to, Connie, I,
2: I have to interrupt you one more time. I just want to get to one more here. question. We're already running out of time, I'm afraid. Uh, so I just, I was curious um, if you know kind of what the next step is, what your plan going forward is. Is is it as uh, Councillor Boland said, you're going to try to talk to council and meet with them again and say,
4: what's we going We have on? a delegation. Yeah, uh-huh. we have, we put in for a delegation for, uh, july 12th we had actually put in hoping it would be next monday but we've been uh, put off for july 12th Mm -hmm. um we will continue to uh, investigate because one of the areas that needs to be looked at is their own one of their own policies which is their administrative fairness policy Mm -hmm. you know they have not um you know looking at this they haven't even followed their own policy in terms of you know how they've made their decision and how um open and transparent they've been about it because they aren't and this whole business I'll tell you I'm getting uh, texts saying well this is interesting this whole thing about how we want to help the um, they're so concerned about the arts and culture Um, if they wanted to do this well why weren't they talking to the Arts Council Mm -hmm. I mean it was the Arts Council that presented that report you know in 2009 so if they were so concerned about the arts, wouldn't it make sense to actually talk to the people that are involved in the arts? You know, this uh, this is the part that I find most annoying. It's this kind of unbridled arrogance of the city to think that they're the only ones that can actually manage any of this. Oh, we're now going to fund the arts more fully, but it will have to be run by us. We're gonna decide what's important. and. And basically, just blocking the arts community out. I mean, this idea of suddenly, okay, well, they're going to talk to the arts community next week. There was never any mention about that when, you know, when they were talking to us originally. One of our big concerns was our staff. What mm-hmm. was going to happen to our staff? There was no assurances made that our staff were going to be rehired. And it's only because BCGU got involved, and that's only been three people that have been considered. Mm-hmm. That, that's not all our staff. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this. <laughs> You know, they keep putting this stuff out there because people are now pushing back on them. And we are going to continue to push back because this isn't just about us. If they can do this to us, they can do it to any other group. And I would be very hesitant to um, enter into an agreement with the city based on their their lack of process, that they don't even follow their own processes. And they're trying to get around this 12-month notice, which it doesn't matter that it lapsed. And this idea that we're just like, a tenant in an apartment, I mean, good Lord, mm-hmm. is that how we're so devalued that our services don't matter, you know, that they can just do this, you know, it's, and, and I mean, I'm not even going to get started about how it is for a taxpayer, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to see increased tax costs, so of course, and they don't seem to be particularly concerned about that, mm-hmm. you know, so they're kind of talking out of both sides of their mouth right now.
2: All right, Connie. Well, we're going to have to leave it there for now, but uh, we'll be following this story uh, very closely, and uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing uh, what happens uh, at the delegation in a couple weeks from now. I really appreciate you taking a few minutes uh, to chat with us about this today, Connie. Thank
4: you very much. Thank you, Doug. Take care. You're very welcome. That's
2: uh, Connie Sereris, the chair of the North Peace Cultural Society. We'll be right back to wrap things up on Moose Talks right after this. We get it.
0: The cost of lumber lately requires almost a small loan. Hi, it's Richard here from Windsor Plywood. We know you've all been feeling the crunch, so we're excited to announce our highly anticipated Customer Appreciation Day. It's happening this Saturday. Come see us at both Windsor Plywood locations for 20% off absolutely everything store-wide. You can't miss out. It's absolutely everything from decking, from flooring, from mouldings, and yes, even all our lumber. Customer Appreciation Day, tomorrow at Windsor Plywood in Dawson Creek. And Fort St. John. Get ready to get Buck Wild. This fall, the toughest bulls on earth are coming to Grand Prairie, and Canada's top professional bull riders will do their best to keep their seats while you watch every second. October 1st and 2nd, the PBR Canada Cup Series hits Revolution Place for two huge nights of entertainment Grand Prairie Buck Wild. Tickets are on sale now at revolutionplace.com. Take your chance to see the greatest sport on dirt right here in the Peace Country. PBR Canada's Grand Prairie Buck Wild our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM.
2: Thanks to our guests Trevor Boland and Connie Serreras for joining us today. you got to keep up to date on this ongoing story between the city and North Peace Cultural Society so make sure you check out energeticcity.ca. We've got you covered for all your local and regional news and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter uh, to stay right up to date on stories as they break. That does it for this episode of Moose Talks. The
0: show is produced by Adam Ray and Trey Lopashinsky. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace.
4: The Fort St. John Co-op and Nabbit
3: Industries presents Movie in a Parking Lot. Join us June 26th at 6 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. at the North Peace Arena parking lot to watch Spider-Man Homecoming. Catch Tom